the Tutors of Life podcast where we research life so you don't have to. Episode 137, this is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. And we've got a Mimi in the center looking all cute. It's being stubborn today. I kind of miss videotaping these just so we can watch Mimi being cute the whole time. I know. The endings of the videos were always my favorite. She's so cute. You're so cute. Um, maybe we'll get back to that. Um, in the new house. In the new house. But we won't have a couch like this. So that'll kind of ruin it. That is very true. We won't have a couch. How'd you get so loud right there? Because I was yawning. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yep. Um, which would be kind of sad because then we don't get these Mimi snuggles every podcast yeah well some of the our ideas remember are us in the basement so the camera's not hard to move facts 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 big facts sure what's up babe what's new what's cooking you need to talk a tiny bit louder all right i can talk oh this much louder there you go um what's cooking uh i'm sorry for the shitty audio quality was it monday's episode or last friday's it was last friday's episode uh sean did not talk loud enough and i had to do a lot of individually amplifying it was not fun at all wow yeah i guess this is my fault i mean i should have just yelled at you to be louder yep um but yeah no uh i've been enjoying moving so far though our plan was to, you know, go through stuff as we move along. Haven't done that. Not even a little bit. Not oh, I have been. Oh, you have? Yeah. That's oh. the issue. Oh. Taking a long time? No. Oh. There's just not a lot of it that we need to get rid of. <sighs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. This is a good question. Leanne Rhymes. You know who that is? No. Country singer, babe. Figure it out. Okay. So Leanne rhymes. Does she rhyme? Yes, she's a singer. Um, she asked herself this question. If I had to, what could I live without? And she's like, could I live without my voice? Ooh. And she's like, I don't want to. But I bet you I could. Mm-hmm. And she makes her living with her voice. Right. And I was like, damn, dude. That's pretty fucking deep. Mm-hmm. Because um, I'd be like, man, could I live without a leg? Which would suck. But she's like, can I live without a voice? Well, that really puts things into perspective for you. Bro. It makes you think, do I really need that new car? No. Do I need all the Lego sets I have? Fuck no. no. Do I need all the books I have? Fuck no. But I want them. Oh, okay. I see where this is going. I see where this is going. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I was a minute away from being minimalist again. Yeah, I'm not letting that happen again. We get rid of way too much stuff that you later regretted getting rid of, so... I know. Isn't that ridiculous? I do not want to do it all over again. We are maximalists. Hell yeah, we are. Collectors is what I like to call it. Babe, I forgot about moving the garage. I haven't. Gotta move a uh, a, uh, freezer 
after this with Kyle, which is going to be fun. And I got to finish my blog. And I got to do my personal financial statement. Got a little bit of shit to do tonight. Mm-hmm. A little bit of shit to do tonight. Hey, guys. I want to paint you a picture. Um, I will have my blog out tonight. So read my blog tomorrow when this comes out. I'll give you a preface of it. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve. In the spring, President Joe Biden wanted to give families a relief from high oil prices. So he approved a bill to take 180 million barrels out of the, there's 714 million barrels. So yeah, on our on another episode, I said 700,000. That was wrong. I apologize. 714 million barrels um, in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is the largest reserve of oil in the whole world that is known. And they hide them in salt caves, or they store them in salt caves. Isn't that neat? That's really cool. We've been in one. We have. Um, So I guess you won't have to read my blog after this. But, you know, you can if you want to. Um, So because we've depleted it by 180 million barrels, we are now down to, and I think it, I mean, if you want the actual real numbers, go check out my blog. I think it's around like 420 or 480 something million barrels left okay that is the lowest the strategic petroleum reserve has been since 1984 damn that's a long time that's a long time that can so, just sit there like that that oil in there yeah i guess so that's cool yeah so here's where things got interesting for me We the the this bill um, gave relief for six months. It just so happens that this relief ends at the end of November. No way! At, after the election, right after the election, this ends. So we've had cushions until then. So I wanted to dig a little deeper. I'm like, okay, we're down 180 million barrels what happens next so biden when he went to saudi arabia early earlier this year and met with the uh, saudi government um tried to get a lock on pricing for petroleum and they would not give him a price lock on petroleum you know because he was trying to trying to wager like hey i'll buy this amount of petroleum at this price and they wouldn't give him the lock they won't give him the terms right i'm not surprised so he recently tried again and they said no and his last plea was could you at least wait one month until after the elections before you increase our prices no he didn't dead ass dude fucking get after it and research it his last thing was he asked the saudi government to postpone the the oil price like the price they're going to give us mm-hmm. until af- for one more month out from like this was this week 
like one more month out. Um, no, I think it was last week. Yeah, it was last week. So one more month, which will put us past the election. Um, so yes, in about three weeks, we'll find out what the real price, uh, three to four weeks, we'll find out what the real price is for barrels from Saudi Arabia because we cut off all oil from Russia. So apparently... The United States is pumping more oil than it ever has before. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, because they've shut down a lot of the pipelines, though. Yeah, they so they shut down a lot of the pipelines. I don't know. It's super weird. Apparently, and like in Biden's, in Biden's like address he put out uh, in the spring for the oil uh, to to use the the emergency reserve. It was a call to all the oil companies in the U.S. and they would get fined if they weren't pumping like the amount they were supposed to pump every day. They'd get fined if they weren't pumping um, like oil oil fields. They haven't pumped if they if they have acreage and not pumping and haven't pumped in years. They're gonna get fined on that land. I don't really know. Apparently, apparently, from what I was reading, the oil oil fields and the, and the oil companies and everything are pumping more now than they ever have before. Whatever. So, with that being said, I dug deeper. What? How? What? What is going to happen? What are we going to do? Because we have to replenish 180 million barrels of crude oil along with like to because we need to refill our emergency uh, stock as fast as possible. Um, and not only with that, how and at what price are we going to get just the normal usage amount of petroleum, you know, from because we're only getting it from Saudi Arabia now. So, one of the things I was looking at was saying we will have a new, they, they, there's going to be a new floor. The gasoline prices for the new floor are going to be more than we've seen before. That's the floor. That's the lowest we're going to see it. It's going to be higher than we've seen it before. For the lowest, we'll see it from now on out. After four, after three to four weeks, um, but because we have to refill that reserve, we're going to need more because it's got it's going to have to be increased because they need the oil to be increased, going to the consumer to pay for it to go back in the reserve, right? Right. So in theory. At least from this, the take the take the gentleman had that I was watching was the new floor. It's going to be gasoline's going to be a lot higher than we've seen it before, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt until we can refill that reserve. Now, the reserve is for emergency time. It's supposed to be for emergency time, like wars, um, and. And when we can't get in as much oil as necessary. They did not use it for that. 
they used it to buffer and soften the price for the average citizen, which is foolish because we could still get oil in. We, we had to pay higher for it, right? But we could still get it in. Now we have to get even more in to refill the reserves and still keep up with our supply or our demand. How awesome is that? Dude, it sucks. It just doesn't make sense, right? Like how different gas prices are within two years. So gas prices right now are up. Uh, they have been up over 100%. They have been up over 100%. or two, uh, So technically 200% because 100% would be what it's at now, right? 100% what, what was it? 114 was the lowest? Yeah, yeah. So it's well over 200. It's been well yeah. over 200. But so from the average, because they do averages. Got it. From the average of 2019 to the average of now it's you'll have to look for exact numbers but it's up like a hundred up 190 percent around that oh damn 190 percent it's up so that just means that you know it was like three it's like 399 now um that's the average throughout the u.s like 399 now um and it was uh like 260 or something in 2019 now gasoline isn't the worst part I decided to look up natural gas because we all know our natural gas and electricity bills went up by about a hundred percent. So it was about it was a double. It was a double increase uh, last year. So uh, it was one point eight three, uh, like whatever. If you want to see the computation, check out my blog. But so it was like one point eight three, then. In 2020, in 2021, it went to 3.43. Our current this year is 6.41. So we doubled last year, and we're gonna double again this year for our natural gas and electricity. That's insane. That is insane. That doesn't make like uh, whatever. So so that's natural gas. So the natural gas is most likely going to double again this winter for fuel. Um, from the trends of what the current price of natural gas is. Um, electricity is not that high up, but it's also higher up because in order to get electricity, it's something like 90% of electricity comes from burning coal, and coal's price has increased. Um, so that's some stuff for you to, to be aware of and excited for in the upcoming month. Love it. I love that shit, dude. That shit turns me on. I know, because you just talked about it for 15 minutes. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Anyways, well, that's exciting. I'm glad you're very uh, prideful of your blog and what you're learning. I think it's fun. I just think it's it's neat. The, the best part is, right, this shit isn't talked about. No. I literally Googled and researched this. For 30 minutes this morning, and I got all that from multiple different sources. And I'm just like, dude, 
we're out here like, oh, when's gas prices softening? Well, if you go do 30 minutes of research, you're going to find out not for a fucking long time. Right. When's oil prices going down? They're not. They're not at all. Um, what's the chance of being electric uh, independent? Check that out. Or fossil fuel independent. Not fucking happening, chief. Go check it out. Weren't we just independent like two years ago when Trump was in office? Oh, yeah. I meant like I meant like independent from not using fossil fuel. Oh, um, yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, no, I think we were fossil fuel independent. I thought so. Yeah, because we were exporting more than we were importing. Right. Um, and that was Trump's big thing was to do that because, you know, he's a business owner, gets business. Um, yeah, that's fun. It'll be... It's going to be an interesting ride these next couple of years, that's for sure. Okay, electricity, sorry. About 61% of electricity generation was from fossil fuels. Coal, natural gas, petroleum, and other gases. I mean, at some point, we're going to have to go back to nuclear. Energy? Mm-hmm. I don't even know why we're not entertaining that. No, it's it, it's a lot, actually. Yes, like some nuclear plants have, you know, exploded. Uh, but now there's a lot better, like, safety measures and stuff like that to prevent that from happening. Um, and it's honestly the best source of energy. The best. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. And, I mean, right now, obviously, the government just wants to control us, so that's why they're... That's why we are where we are. Yeah. I love it, man. I think this shit's fun. It is weird. Like, I've been thinking about it. I think we mentioned it a couple times, like... Eau Claire, you only have XL Energy, right? Like, that's the only company we can get our Eau power from. Eau Claire Energy Co-op. But you have, that's only in certain areas. Yeah. XL Energy. Yep. Um, and, like, our garbage now. There used to be, like, four different companies. Mm-hmm. It's only GFL now. It's only GFL. Mm. Well, one of them's technically waste management, but it's owned by GFL, so they're both GFL. Right. And it's very weird that, like, there's these companies that don't have competition. Right. Right. Yeah. Also, where the hell did GFL come from? I was actually talking to Luke about this today. Um, not this exact thing, but... Um, I think how that happens, um, cause we're talking about like the Pablo group. Yeah. And what it is, is you have like essentially multi, multi, like centimillionaires or billionaires and you have multiple of them join forces. Mm-hmm. And what's the buying power when you have, you know, in total net worth, you got a billion dollars in net worth between a couple people. What's the buying power? Now, if you take something like the people like um, BlackRock and, you know, the like BlackRock and those big company Vanguard, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big companies that have billions and billions and billions billions like sent to billionaires right right uh, like of, of assets and holdings and all that stuff right yeah what happens when you have those people like form groups our business right and so like we kind of talked about it on like a scale thing like you have the individual me or like me and kyle partnering and and luke 
um, you got Ryan, right? You got like the small fish who seem like bigger fish to the normal person, Mm -hmm. but were like really, really small fish buying up some property, right? Right, yeah. Then you take like a step up, which would maybe be like a a Josh, you know, a a big step up, but like a Josh, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh and Audrey. You know, you you get into like a, a bigger, a bigger group of fish. Um, then you take a step up to like the Pablo group and I'm stepping up by like tens of millions guys. So chill out. Um, you need to step up into the Pablo group, right? Then the Pablo group steps up into like that massive, massive financial realm, right? There's no competing. Like we could not go compete with Josh and Audrey right now in that realm. Josh and Audrey then couldn't go compete with Pablo. Um, to at that scale, right? Or like a market in Johnson, right? Yeah. Then you got Pablo, who ain't competing with the, the Black Rocks and the Vanguards, you know? Um, so my thing with like the GFL and the XL is what if they're owned? I guess I don't know. I could look up who owns GFL. But if like Black Rock or a group of people, like very, very, very powerful people got together and instead of like... And, and started like GFL, who just went and bought up everything. So now they are in charge of all garbage disposal. And then you have XL, same thing, who's in charge of all power. Yeah. It's weird. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. I just yeah. think it's different. Like it's not, I don't know if we think about that. I don't know. I just don't like it, right? I like options. Sean's looking up who owns GFL. Patrick Davigi, founder, president, chief executive officer. So it's just one dude. Patrick is the founder, president, CEO, and chairman of the board of directors of GFL. In 2007, Patrick had a vision to create a company that is a one-stop shop provider of environmental solutions. Well, guess what, Patrick? Your company has a 1.6 star rating, so it's not doing too fucking good. And I highly doubt they're doing anything for um, recycling or anything. Especially because, like, Eau Claire doesn't have a recycling plant. Right. How much is the owner of GFL worth? One one billion. That's it? I don't believe it. In 2018, GFL merged with Waste Industries, increasing Da Vinci's net worth to more than one billion. Oh, damn. Uh, the company announced... Um, Where did GFL G- start? GFL is a now a public company. Um. Do, 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 do. God, I love Wikipedia. I just want you to know that. Toronto, Canada is their headquarters, if you were curious. Mm. I just don't know. 45 landfills, GFL has 50 plus liquid waste facilities. How did one guy buy all this shit? Right? That's what I'm curious about. Ooh, their other headquarters is in uh, North Carolina. Hmm. Also, do you want, did you see how many employees they have? Hmm. 8,800. It doesn't seem like a whole lot to me. Dude, that's crazy. Also, they were founded in 2007. Did you say that? That's what I'm saying, dude. That was fuck, fast. How the fuck do you do that? Where do you get all the goddamn money to acquire all that shit in 15 years? It doesn't even make any sense. Oh, my gosh. Did you read about him? No, what about him? He's a Canadian... Um, is a Canadian former hockey goaltender, entrepreneur, businessman, and founder, president, 
Chief Executive Officer of Canadian Environmental Services Company. Green for Life Environmental, GFL. He was a hockey player. That dude's a fucking rock star. Forget everything I just talked about for the last 10 minutes. This dude's insane. Yeah. Ooh, early life and education. Um... Holy fuck, dude, became a billionaire in 15 years by buying up the shit? How do you fucking acquire waste management? Oh, he only played for three seasons, it looks like. And then decided um, he wasn't making enough time to be a billionaire? Oh, three seasons in the Ontario Hockey League. And then he followed his cousins into the NHL in Canada when he was drafted 41st as a goalie by the Edmonton Oil- Oilers. Um, we were thinking all only about hockey. His mind was somewhere else. Oh, so it doesn't really say how long. I'm just trying to figure out how he did that, dude. Right? Like, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Oh, in 2002, he gained exposure in corporate finance when he joined Brovi Investments. It was while working at Brovi Investments that Davigi gained his first experience in waste management. In 2004, a waste transfer station in Maple, Ontario, suffered a fire. The uh, Brovi Investments uh, had a mortgage on this waste transfer station, and Davigi was assigned to take care of the station's cleanup. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, very weird. Very weird. That guy's a stud. Yeah. Anyways, yes, kind of what Luke and I was talking about was like, when you reach a certain level, if you can get multiple other people at that level with you, your buying power and your time and your resources, you know, are three X'd, mm-hmm. um, which then makes you be able to, you know, if you, I'm saying if you got two others, so you had three people, yeah, you know, you're three X'd rolling into other projects that are like can bring you up to the next stage so much faster yeah 100 percent. um that's crazy yeah which i thought was a a fun fun topic fun conversation i could see that yeah but i would think it'd almost be more than 3x powerful i think so yeah because dude i think because i mean i shouldn't say a lot of times but it does seem right like more expensive things are more profitable Sometimes. Yeah. And I th- I also think that, like, you know, if you're doing it right, if you're actually following, like, the rules of a partnership and you're not just getting into it because so ev- everybody's got money, um, but say you, like, got into it, you know, everyone's got different skill sets. Um, you guys got different time to allocate different resources um, and you all have a similar vision and goal. Man, that could be powerful. Oh, yeah. You know, taking you to a really next level. Yeah. Ah, it's cool. It is cool. Babe, you know what we can't do in the new setup? Um, what? Slouch back and chill like this. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. But yeah. you, but well, you like hanging with the ham. I love cuddling my ham out. We'll definitely probably uh go podcast on the couch a couple times. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, Cool. How's moving been going? Moving's going good. Um, well, should we tell people we had a, a person not understand contracts? Sure. Yeah, you can talk about um, that. So I'm in the... I was selling... Well, I am selling my... 
the 66 Chevy pickup I got and um there we had a, a couple come out and they come out and they're looking at it and they really like it and the the guy's like hey I'd like to have my mechanic check it out but I don't think I got time because he's in the woods or whatever he was doing and I'm like right and the lady's like yeah I don't think we have time for that and I was like yeah not really um I was like unless you can get him here because I got other people who want to come look at this thing and the lady's like oh it doesn't even matter like no matter I want it like I want it it is what it is I want it and I'm like okay and the guy's like are you sure and she's like yeah I want it like I don't even care and I'm like okay sounds good yeah let's do it then and um they're like, well, it's the weekend, so we don't have cash. Can we give you $200 down and come pick it up later this week? I said, yeah, absolutely. Let me just write up a contract so that like, I don't steal your $200. So I write up a contract. I take a picture of the contract. I'm like, hey, you want to take a picture of this or take the contract? The lady's like, no. And the guy's like, well, you got to at least get a picture. So the guy took a picture of, a contract, of the contract. Perfect. It's dated um, that I was selling this truck to so-and-so um, for this price with $200 down they have till the end of the week to come pick it up pretty simple um, after the contract signed everything the guy's like could I have my mechanic stop out and look at it and I'm like yeah dude, I don't give a shit like that's totally fine like he can take and stop and look at this when, when you come to pick it up because they uh, they they live hour and a half away so they had to bring a trailer I'm like yeah I don't care man feel free bring them I don't give a shit um, so he texts me the next day, Hey, I, I'm going to check it out with my mechanic. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, feel free. Stop by whatever. He messages me. Hey, yeah. After looking out with the mechanic, he explained how much work it was going to be. And so we'd like our $200 back. And I was like, you knew how much work it was going to be because I was telling you how much work it was going to be. And the $200 down was for me to hold it and not have anyone else come and look at it because I had multiple people in line to look at it. And they're like, yeah, but that was only for you holding it till we came and picked it up. And I was like, no, that was no matter, like that $200 was for me to hold it for you guys and you guys decide you want to back out. That has, you don't get the $200 back. It's not how the contract works. Um, the guy proceeded to be very hostile and nasty towards me, um, for, for quite a lot of messages. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Very, very hostile. Probably the like harshest, um, conversation I've had over something like this. And at the end of it, I was just like, Hey, you know, you like I'm sorry you're taking all this out on me um you're trying to blame me for your mistake you need to take ownership of this um that was never in our contract we made you brought up the mechanic after the contract was signed had you brought that up earlier I would have wrote it into the contract or I wouldn't have made the contract um and I said you need to take ownership and and quit blaming your shortcomings on me. Um, he didn't like that. He proceeded to tell me how I'm a fraud, a thief, and 
my company's a scam and I'm a scam and everyone's going to see how big of a POS I am and stuff. And um, haven't heard from him since. Mm-hmm. Did he block you? Do you know? I don't know. Oh, right. Not sure. Um, but I was just following basic rules of a, a contract and of a deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm sad to see how hostile some people get, um, especially over $200. The, the $200 doesn't even matter to me. It's I, I did it on principle of like, you do not make a contract and you do not hand over money if you cannot follow through with it. Um, like just last week when I backed out of the seven unit, yeah, I could have fought to get my earnest money back, but that is not the right thing to do. So I did the right thing and I forfeited my earnest money because I should have done my due diligence like three weeks prior to when I, to when I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was my fault. So I gave them my earnest money, even though I could have fought to get it back. Yeah. Um, but I really think that's the difference of like professionalism and respect you know i I think a lot of people and and it's crazy to see the guy the guy looked to be in his 50s maybe late 40s um he had to be in his 50s um but to just be so disrespectful um so hostile over 200 dollars when he was driving a sixty thousand dollar toyota tundra it's like a year old i'm like dude you need to you need to figure your shit out. And the um, fact that, like, they got it because they're fixing a 60s camper? Yeah, right? they have a 60s camper that they're completely redoing. Um, and so I thought, hey, like, you know, and I said to him, like, hey, if you're redoing that, uh, if you're redoing a full camper, this ain't going to be shit. You know, it's going to be another walk in the park. You're just going to have to redo this. Ain't, ain't no ain't no thing. Um, then they're like, oh, it's going to cost all this money. I'm like, you knew that. You're fucking redoing a whole goddamn camper can't tell me you don't know how much it costs to freaking refurb or something come on now yeah um, yeah that was fun yeah it was interesting i i uh it's just interesting to see some people and and how i guess just bad some people really are Mm-hmm. so but what can you do uh the world turns and um and hopefully he learns a lesson from that yeah for sure so don't sign a contract if you can't follow through, through. I, boy, I couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. So, yeah. Um, That's fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Cool. But got a couple other people, or I got another guy looking at it tomorrow, so. Nice. That was fast. Oh, yeah. Yep. So. Cool. Well, you got to go move a freezer. I do, indeed, and finish my blog. Check it out, guys. com. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it, and this will probably be the last time we podcast in this room. Oh, for sure. It better be. It's gonna be. Alright, dope. See ya. Peace out.